welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Our music is brought to you by Tanika Charles, courtesy of Record Kicks. Her albums Soul Run and The Gumption are available now on all streaming platforms. Joining me this week is a lovely friend to the show. So happy to have her back. It's Laura Mitchell. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Playoffs, baby. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yes, it has been an exciting time. Uh, Lauren and I, before recording, just had a rant about pedicures. You know, we're ready to have a real hot girl summer moment, and we are just waiting for things to open and get better. Um, and meanwhile, these playoffs, like, I can't keep track of how many mental breakdowns I've seen by various teams over the last week. Like, like I, had I known I needed a counter, I would have started one, but I didn't know I needed a counter. Like, like the 76ers had multiple breakdowns. The Milwaukee Bucks had multiple breakdowns, but they managed to come back. Like it has just been nuts, but let's start with the 76ers versus the Hawks because we're recording this on a Monday morning. That series just ended. I can't believe I'm saying the Atlanta Hawks are in the Eastern conference finals. I love to see that shit. Like yeah, I'm sure you were in the same boat as me last night. We're like, they're panning across the face of the 76ers fans <laughs> and everyone is, everyone is big mad, like big time fucking mad. I was like, oh, I do in fact fucking love to see this. Like yes. I was just sitting by myself be like, <laughs> this is good TV. Just keep showing me the faces. Like, sorry to 76ers fans, but not sorry. You know what I mean? Oh man, every time they cut to a fan's face, I was like, they're a meme. They're a meme. Oh, they're also a meme. Everyone's a meme. Everyone is a meme right now. Wow. Can you imagine you could have had Kyle Lowry come play for you and then you did whatever the fuck that was in seven games? Let's just have the let's have the Raptors bias just start right now within the first minute of the podcast. (laughs) Let's not hold up. Let's not hold back our Raptors bias. Yes, I am sure all these teams, the Lakers, the 76ers, the Miami Heat, I'm sure they are all kicking themselves for not going after Lowry thinking they didn't need him because they obviously could have used him. I mean, I don't know if the Lakers would have made it, but I mean, definitely the 76ers, if they had Lowry, I think would have really been a a huge difference maker. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean this whole, okay. I I'm like, where do I even want to start? Let's start with Trey young because Lauren, you were on this show, you know, early this year, it was like leading up to the, all-star weekend I think it was leading up to all-star weekend Mm -hmm. and I was like why do people hate Trey Young and we couldn't figure it out and here we are he's in the Eastern Conference finals and he wasn't even named an all-star like people hate this guy for reasons that are completely irrational and I'm so happy to be right about that because I think for a while like earlier this year I was doubting myself like should I be hating him for something I'm not really seeing and then I realized no he is great and everyone else is just crazy yeah and I mean frankly there's a lot of hateable guys in the league um and I just am not sure that for me Trey Young is one of them I like his willingness to play the heel I like his like yeah like you you mad you want to throw stuff on the court like you want to throw stuff at me you want to talk shit about my hair or whatever like sorry sorry (laughs) like I I'm frankly hoping for a Hawks Suns finals yes that's like but you know whatever that's we'll see what happens I mean I I was initially hoping for a Knicks Blazers finals so I'm I'm just hoping for (laughs) chaos at this point (laughs) the all defense no defense finals (laughs) see how it plays out (laughs) yeah I mean at this point, I am, I can't even believe I'm saying these words, rooting for a Hawks Suns finals. But I mean, I, I I can't go so far as to say I'm predicting it. We'll get our, into our predictions in a yeah. bit. We still want to talk about this series. 
Um, I just find the Hawks so impressive because on one hand, I'm like, you know what? Like the 76ers in a way beat themselves. Like mm-hmm. they are the ones that had multiple mental lapses, but you got to give the Hawks credit for taking advantage. You know, three out of their four wins came on the road in this series. Like, I think what they have pulled off is just so impressive. I'm just so impressed. It's incredible. Like, it's so cool to watch them as well. The Hawks have some cool players. I mean, again, I think most, like, almost all Raptors fans have a soft spot for six man, like I'm Lou Will, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, like I love to see him like get going. Uh, I love Bogdanovich. Like there's like a bunch of like cuties and sweeties on that team. You know what I mean? Like yes. a bunch of young guys. And like, <clears throat> again, like I, I, I was kind of hoping for the Knicks to win in that series. Cause I was big time, like Knicks bandwagon, um, you know, just for the hell of it. But, uh, I think the Hawks have just been super fun. And again, I just like their sort of willingness to go. I think they do really well in a situation like, um, like at a 76ers game where like every fucking person in that arena is like, fuck you. You know what I mean? And they, I think they do really well in that. And I think maybe that's partially Trey Young's energy sort of carrying that team of like, nobody likes me, but like, fuck them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so to, yeah to me I like Trey, that I I absolutely love it like watching him embrace being the villain game one of that next series was so exciting and, and to me I look at him I'm like his game is very much like early James Harden but mm-hmm. his attitude is very veteran Reggie Miller mm-hmm and the combination of those two things is so exciting I'm just like what's there not to like I mean, it, they're just, oh, they're so fun. I think they've been the funnest part of this entire playoffs. Um, speaking about the 76ers, though, I can't get over how many multiple mental lapses. They gave up a 26-point lead in one game, an 18-point lead in another game, and then made some really bad turnovers at the end of this game seven. I, I mean, now everyone, even early this morning, is talking like trade Ben Simmons talk because he only had five points in this game seven he did have 13 assists i feel like people overlook that but mm-hmm. i've been saying for years that ben simmons is really overrated i think he's incredibly overrated does he not get paid like 29 million a year or some shit he also makes like the all nba teams or at least this year he made all one of the all nba defensive teams and it's just like come on I i'm also- not saying he's i'm not saying he's a bad defensive player but it's like this those kinds of awards should go to people that still have good all-round games yeah like i mean unless you're gonna be rodman and you're grabbing like 20 rebounds a game mm -hmm. then it's like okay if you're only scoring 10 points fine yeah but 13 assists is good i don't think he had more than 10 rebounds for somebody who's meant to be your number two player for someone who's meant to be you know quote unquote clutch because you want your second best player on your team to be clutch. It's like, he, you know, he's not reliable at the line either. And it's no, like, Jesus, you can't, you're a liability to your team at this point. And I don't know who would be lining up for him necessarily either. If the Sixers did try to make a trade. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting. Like, uh, I mean, I guess my first question is like, is uh is Ben Simmons emotionally okay like I feel like his game well that's also a question like watching him play was like not really fun like I don't like Ben Simmons you know what I mean like he's not I like don't like the Sixers like Simmons is kind of like obnoxious I think um but I'm like watching this series being like uh does he need to take some time off and like go to therapy like I just feel like he's not in a good place (laughs) um like you don't just throw easy shots to someone else you know what I mean he's just like won't shoot I'm like are you not like you have to shoot right like Trey Young is like missing so many shots but he's still fucking shooting like you have to have that level of confidence that like eventually something's gonna go in um so I don't know like I feel like something is going on emotionally with uh with Ben Simmons and there's something going on there and I watched like some of the post game interviews with like doc and um, Joel Embiid. And it's like, 
Joel Embiid was not fucking happy. <laughs> no. I was like, this man is rightfully pissed. Like, he's going to be like, get me the fuck out of Philly, I imagine. Um, and like, Doc was very, like, someone asked him kind of a tough question about like, do you see like this being a team with like, do you see Simmons being on this team going forward? Do you see being able to continue with him? And he's like, I don't know how to answer that question. And I was like, Oh wow. That's bad. That's a no. That's yeah. just a straight and up then no. They like cut back to fucking uh, inside the NBA. It's like Shaq and Charles are, and uh, Oak are both like, <laughs> Charles was like, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Like, He's like, oh, that's like kind of a crazy answer. And like um, Kenny or whatever was like, yeah, you kind of have to lie there and be like, yo, yeah, we support him. Like you kind of can't be like doing that in front of the media after the game or whatever. But I thought it was interesting. Yeah, Doc Rivers seemed very like not in a great spot. And Joel Embiid, frankly, seemed mad um, and was like, he was like, I did everything that I could. And I was like, you really did. No one's going to deny you that. Like, you are a great basketball player. Yeah. I mean, he did have a bad turnover at the end where yes, Gallinari he was, stole the ball from him. He was I mean, like, if Gallinari is just literally ripping the ball out of your hands at the very end of a game seven, like a part yeah. of me is like, Embiid was amazing in the series, but I'm like, you kind of have to own that too, because mm -hmm. that's a real, like, not to be overly cliche, but that is a real who wants it more kind of moment. Mm -hmm. Like, how yeah. are you not gripping onto that ball? Like your whole life depends on it in a moment like that. It's not like the Hawks ever had a fucking blowout lead that entire game. Like there was never a point where they no. were up. Were they ever even up 10? I don't think so. No, I think they I stayed think so. within four to six of each other the whole time. So like in that sense, you're exactly right. Because this is not two minutes left in the game. They got 20 points on you. Yeah. Like you could easily push this into overtime and it just felt like, you know, that energy was not there from them. No. I, and it was just like, I mean, <laughs> I'm, we're both not Sixers fans, but if you're a Sixers fan, you sorry gotta be, to you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to you. But also like, can I just say the, you know, hot take alert here. I think the Sixers fan base might be one of the worst fan bases in the entire league i have not seen a home team booed so much in my life like i get booing your team after blowing a 26 point lead but they were booing them constantly like like ben simmons is getting booed by his own supposed fans when he's missing a free throw like how do you expect anything to get better if that's yeah. like your attitude, like as Raptors fans, like we've been frustrated with like Siakam, for example, but we wouldn't just boo the guy. Like it would have to be really like, I can't even imagine how bad it would have to be for us to boo the yeah. Raptors. Cause we like love that team. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I feel like there's, I don't know what, where that mentality comes from, but it doesn't feel like love. It almost feels like a demand I don't want to say they're entitled. I don't think they're an entitled fan base like the New York Knicks are, mm -hmm. but it it's like, what is going on there that you're booing your own team constantly? Yeah. I mean, y'all in y'all are in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like, I just think that it's like, not to be like, it's an honor to be nominated or whatever, but like you look, your team made it to the playoffs in a really fucking hard year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in a year that's like people were big time injured, motherfuckers is getting COVID. Like people are like, I can't, I have to have an inhaler now. I never had that before. You know what I mean? I just think mm -hmm. that like in a year where things were just incredibly difficult and it was a really difficult season to play in. And there was a lot of games and not a lot of time and a lot of health concerns and a lot of guys getting injured. Like, I just think, you know, obviously it's upsetting to not make it to the Eastern conference finals, but like, I don't know, you go back, you do work, you rebuild, you come back next year when it's like less crazy. I think that like Raptors fans all like, 
you know, 90% of us got there like well before the fucking playoffs started. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. I want Fred to go take care of himself. I want Pascal to go take care of himself. Like I want them to go get healthy, like to fucking recover from COVID in a real meaningful way. Like, you know, I just think we all were like, okay, yeah, everyone go get healthy. We'll figure it out. A thousand percent. Yeah. And and even like players that were Raptors that aren't on our team anymore. Like you even like shouted out Lou and it's like, you know, like we watch like JV in the playoffs or Norm Powell or whenever we see DeMar DeRozan, it's like, we mm -hmm. want the best for these guys. Right. Like we're like always like wishing them well, always cheering them when they're back. I mean, obviously not Vince Carter, but that was like a whole other situation, but you know what I mean? Like we, you know, we want, positive things to happen for them even when they leave so it's just like i just don't understand the philly fan base mentality like Mm -hmm. at all and it just makes it so there's like hardly a home court advantage like Mm -hmm. game seven Mm -hmm. against philly in toronto when we had a packed audience and i don't know what i mean it looked packed in philadelphia i don't know exactly like what the rules are with that stadium at the moment it seemed like it was packed Mm -hmm. i mean you wouldn't be able to hear the whistle we would be roaring for our team yeah and so it's just even like when our players were struggling in that game seven um if i recall i think like sergi baka was like our second highest scorer in that game seven like it was like like lowry was struggling struggling like there were other players that were struggling offensively i wouldn't even dream of booing them no Booing just, Kyle it, it Lowry, just, not a my watch. No, never. <laughs> I would be like wanting. To, I would never, but I would be like wanting to throw my beer. Like, yeah, <laughs> I would I fight saw. if I was like at a game and someone booed <laughs> any one of our boys. I would literally fight them. Yeah, like I just, I just don't understand it. And, and I say all this to say, like, you see someone like Ben Simmons who is struggling. Who we don't know what's going on in his personal life, but it's it. He's struggling to the point where we're concerned and you're booing him. Like, Doesn't come on. Right. Like, I just feel like maybe it would be best for him to be in a new environment, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I haven't like pulled up like any sort of trade machine, but just sort of off the top of my head before we started, I thought what would be an interesting trade would be uh, Ben Simmons for CJ McCullough. That's interesting. Because I think, like, the Blazers are so desperate for defense. Mm-hmm. And Philly's so desperate for offense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Joel Embiid is still definitely your number one player. But I think mm-hmm. CJ is such a good number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's a shooter. Yeah. And I just feel like if they had – if Portland had been – then they could put him on whoever is the toughest player on the opposite team because he's very mm-hmm. versatile mm-hmm. in that way. Plus, if they re-sign Norm, they still have plenty of shooters outside mm-hmm. of just Dame. So I, I don't know. Like, I think, I, mean, maybe I think maybe you have to put him in a role where you're like, I don't need this guy to score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, CJ then gets to go make shots, right? Because I don't yes. know if Dame's, if Dame's putting up 50 in a game maybe you're not maybe you're not getting in there as much right i mean i think you kind of saw that with and we'll see that with gary trent as uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as he continues to play for the raptors like you immediately saw him come out and be offensively like a a good add to the team and it's like yeah i mean if you're playing with cj and dame and you're a shooter like you know to shoot when the ball's in your hands so that you get it past you again like yeah i like i think that i think that's definitely an interesting an interesting suggestion or thought. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. know contract wise or money wise if that shapes up, but I just thought, Oh, like just in terms of fit, I thought that mm-hmm. would be good for both teams. Yeah. That's just off the top of my head. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Philly. I definitely think they'll probably make an offense or an off season move. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they're going to fire everybody. I don't think they're going to fire doc or anything like that, but I mean, for all the things they did to make a culture shift, to still not shift the culture is is bad. Like, yeah. I do think they will make some moves. I think they'll still have a good regular season. I don't really see them 
ever winning a title. I mean, at least right now, it's just hard to see because it's mm-hmm. like if you're blowing these huge leads, multiple games, and then, you know, like I said, with Joel Embiid, it's like you're and Doc Rivers, frankly, not taking any personal ownership of mm-hmm. how you contributed. Mm-hmm. And not sticking up for your boy, even though, okay, clearly like Ben Simmons is struggling, but like, you're still a team at the end of the day Mm -hmm. to not have each other's back. I just don't see how they're going to fully, fully get past that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do see Joel Embiid leaving and I see the process, quote unquote, the process not working out at all. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting to see what goes on there. um, Like going forward, because uh, yeah, I think they're going to shuffle some things around. I think there's going to, some big changes are going to be made in Philly for sure. Yeah. Um, um, let's move. Sorry, go ahead. One thing I will say, poor Seth Curry. My <laughs> man had some incredible <laughs> games. Like, also, what did Del Curry know that the rest of the NBA did not know about the three-point shooting? Like, why are both of his children amazing three-point shooters? And what did he know? Here's my new conspiracy. Del Curry knew some shit that the rest of us didn't know. Well, Del Curry was a phenomenal three-point shooter. That was his that was his thing. That was literally how he stayed on the court as a veteran was he could shoot threes in an era where not everyone was shooting threes. So when you really needed one, he'd have it. So he obviously has like an expert handle and then gave his kids that lesson at an early age mm. and then combined with the advanced analytics movement leading to team strategizing around the three. I mean, it was just a perfect Mm -hmm. storm, I think. Yeah, definitely. It's just funny that it's like, yeah, it's a whole family of. I'll never, I mean, speaking about that Raptors run and we're just throwing all our Raptors bias like up front in this episode, I will never get over when Drake wore the Dell Curry jersey. That was that was fucking iconic. That was such an (laughs) iconic troll. Oh my god, that was such an iconic troll. Very much something of like our age group because we were kids when he was on our team. Like I just felt like that was just the most perfect like older millennial troll I could ever think of. Yeah, it was so funny. (laughs) It was so perfect and beautiful. Also, to um, now I can't remember if it was game five or game six where Seth Curry attempted a game winning shot and missed it. And he just kept like hopping around a bit. Like he had so much adrenaline. Do you remember that? Like he had so much adrenaline in his whole body that Mm -hmm. even after he took the shot, he just kept hopping around (laughs) the court for some reason. And I just thought, Oh my God, like that was his one moment to be like anywhere close to his brother and miss the shot. And I think just all that family emotion was running through his whole body. Like it couldn't mm-hmm. even contain itself. Yeah. And I just, I felt so much in that moment. I know I felt bad for him because he was just having such a good series and then it just didn't play out. No, I mean, but good for him for having a breakout series. Like mm-hmm. I definitely think he needed that. I definitely think the Mavs regret trading him um that turned out to be quite the bad trade but Mm -hmm. it is what it is i i mean the sixers oh my god i i just think it's all gonna fall apart and i think it's all as non-sixers fans gonna be quite beautiful and a part of me wants to feel sorry for the fan base but like i said a part of me kind of doesn't because you you got to appreciate what you have when you have it and when Mm -hmm. it's good so yeah 100 percent I mean, that's, that's my take on that series. Let's move on to uh, the Nets and the Bucks because this was also another iconic series with multiple breakdowns. Like I, this is what, this is what I meant. Like, had I known I was going to have to keep track, uh, I just, I thought the Bucks were going to get swept. It was embarrassing. A hundred percent thought it was going to go out four games. Yeah. Who who knew that the Suns were gonna have the four game sweep and not people the fucking were, Nets? Were, people were literally like carving a giant piece of wood into a stake to put Budenholzer's head on it. Like people were that ready, and and then they flipped the switch. I mean, obviously, I think 
Kyrie being injured had a lot to do with that. Huge. And of course with Harden as well. Like I think, you know, the injuries in this series were super unfortunate. I think if the nets were healthy, I do think the series is, is a sweep. I still think that if the nets are healthy, like the nets win, win the NBA championships this year. I yeah. Don't think I predicted them to that. win the whole thing. I did predict I, them to win the whole thing. I thought they were, I thought they were going to win this easy. Yeah. No LeBron, no Curry. None of the big boys are here. I thought, okay, well here we fuck go. It's going to be a nets blowout every fucking time they come, come into a series. And now we're like, probably gonna get a wild ass nba playoff like no matter what happens like it's gonna be a crazy like whoever ends up in the finals it's gonna be wild as hell the chaos all we can hope for as my friend tina says all we can hope for when the raps are out is utter chaos in the playoffs (laughs) and that is what we have been gifted this year yes that is what we've been gifted i mean i i actually when after Kyrie went down and Harden, you know, was back, but obviously not really himself. Mm-hmm. I suddenly felt like empathetic to Kevin Durant, which I thought wasn't possible anymore because he's just been, you know, all his off the court stuff has just been so weird. And I just thought he he got to a place where he just wasn't very likable anymore and mm-hmm. suddenly I felt myself liking him again because I was a huge OKC fan. Mm-hmm. Like that early OKC team with him and Harden mm-hmm. and Westbrook, I was really, really big on and was mm-hmm. like really heartbroken when that fell apart. And so I haven't liked Kevin Durant in a while, but this season really brought me back. And having his mom there, uh, I there was this moment on Twitter with, um, with PJ Tucker uh yes. and his and kevin durant's mom was trash talking him and pj tucker's face like he just has the best like facial expressions really wears his heart on his sleeve mm-hmm. cannot hold back so he just has that face like who the fuck is this and then he looks over and he sees it's kevin durant's mom and he just starts laughing and then she's like love you and he's like love you too yeah <laughs> she pulls so down her mask like, and is like love yeah, you i'm like yeah. oh my god that <laughs> killed me i was like i actually like again i to me i think there's a lot of similarities between trey young and someone like kevin durant mm. kevin durant who just like kind of does not give a shit he's like i'm a great basketball player you can't actually i actually think kevin durant cares a lot i think he cares a lot but i think trey young cares a lot too and i think it's very yes. cultivated like trey young is like he's just taking that caring a lot and turning it into like yeah i'll be the villain because i like i don't give a right. shit because i have the talent right. to back it up and i think katie's a similar kind of guy to that where he's just like i can say whatever the fuck i want when i'm not playing basketball because when i am playing basketball like you hoes can't tell me shit yeah so i think it's like i find that interesting but i do like i don't know he like kevin durant literally kills me i think as we talked about in the last episode (laughs) elite all-time elite poster like elite twitter user like just clowning people for no reason i have to respect that (laughs) yeah i mean i i think like I think when it's all said and done, we're all going to come around and really like Kevin Durant again. And we're going to really like his career again, even though we didn't (laughs) like the imbalance that him going to Golden State created in the NBA. But I think when it's all said and done, we're going to have an appreciation for Kevin Durant's career. And me admittedly, didn't like him in those years. So like I'm, (laughs) I'm calling myself out in a way, but yeah, I just felt myself rooting for this Nets team, which I genuinely thought was going to be impossible. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being a wild series. I did not think the Bucks had it in them to win a game seven on the road, even until oh, the very think- end. It wasn't until the last maybe 30 seconds of that game where I re- that I actually was like, oh, my God, they're actually going to win this game. Yeah, I was shocked. I didn't think they were going to win game six. I didn't either. I didn't think, I, also I was like, okay, all right, this will be over. And then I was like, wait, what? 
but like I I because it's it felt so much through the series like maybe they didn't want it as much as the Nets did like kind of to the point of like what you were talking about with the Sixers it's like at the very least like the Nets felt like they fucking wanted that shit even when like they didn't have everyone like Katie wants to win and I think that's another thing that like I like is I like in players like why are you here if you don't want to win yeah and like I like when people are sort of obvious about it like you're literally playing the sport at the highest level against the other people who are the best at it like don't you want to win aren't you super competitive (laughs) um so I think like that's another thing I really respect about about KD is that he's like I think that's the thing about him going to the to Golden State is like you want to win yeah I don't know I can I can get behind that in a lot of ways so but I thought that like yeah the Bucks didn't seem to have the drive they didn't seem to have it in them they didn't seem to maybe give a shit at all and then like I don't know here we all are somehow Bucks Eastern Conference Finals somewhere somewhere somehow they dug deep and, and pulled it off and saved everyone's job. Like, I don't know <laughs> if, like, Giannis wants to win or if he just didn't want to see everyone else around him get fired. Like, <laughs> I'm still unsure. You're probably not fucking wrong as well. Like, he's like, I want to keep playing basketball with my brother, so... <laughs> Yeah, so I guess I have to win these games. Yeah, like literally, I think that's that is probably partially the motivation for him. There's something about this Bucks team uh, that I don't fully believe in still. Like I, I I just they're not going to win. To me, okay, this is why. I mean, we might as well get into just predicting the East, and then we'll move on to the Western Conference. I'm predicting the Hawks, which maybe it's horrible because I haven't predicted the Hawks this entire time and maybe it's better luck for them that I don't but I think a part of me now that we're talking about it I want to pick the Hawks because really them and the Suns have been the most consistent teams Mm -hmm. this entire playoff run they have Mm -hmm. been the most consistent and although I think the Bucks have really found found their stride so to speak Mm -hmm. I, there's just something about them that I that I just don't fully believe in. I have to give like I have to give some credit to Drew Holiday because uh, he was really struggling in that mm-hmm. game, but he didn't quit. Like he just kept mm-hmm. shooting and he didn't quit on himself. And I thought that was very impressive and yeah, impressive like for not just for him personally, but impressive for a this Bucks team mm-hmm. who we have seen give up on themselves. So maybe maybe mm-hmm. now they're like, hey, we have to beat the Hawks, like the you know the nets were gonna be the their toughest out mm-hmm. in the, this entire run maybe they will show up supremely confident it's extremely difficult i find this series very difficult to uh predict but i think the mm-hmm. hawks right now are so confident and so consistent that i could see them pulling it off yeah same and i think like uh i actually really wouldn't be surprised if this series went to seven games like the yes. Fox, Hawks series as same same in the west honestly I think we're gonna see two seven game series um just because of the nature of how the both all four teams have been playing but mm-hmm. um yeah I want the Hawks to win that's what I will say um I don't want the fucking Bucks to go to the finals <laughs> <laughs> that's not that doesn't make sense with my fantasy so yeah. <laughs> I just like uh yeah to quote Valentina, it does yeah, not Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, I always love a Drag Race reference in this show. I also quote Valentina often in my own mind when something doesn't fit with my fantasy. And like, I love that we're using that. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> it's like an insane thing to say, but it's also like so true about so much of life. You're like, mm this is not making sense with my fantasy like what's happening here well, what made um, Val- what made valentina so funny was she refused to change so <laughs> she would be like this doesn't fit with my french vanilla fantasy and then would expect the entire world around her to change and then was just shocked when it didn't and i found that very entertaining <laughs> oh my god my favorite thing is anytime she was like in the bottom her thing was like I've just it's us this whole time I've seen us at the end together in the final I was like every person in the cast yeah 
Uh, I have to stand delusion. In many ways, I have to stand delusion. Um, and so that's, you know, we love well, that. that's how a lot, I mean, that's what a lot of athletes have to do um, to, to believe in themselves is you kind of have to be delusional, just like how Giannis believes in his brothers. <laughs> I mean, they're both really hot. That's what I'm going to say. That's what I have to add to this conversation is that is a sexy pair of brothers. So. Yes. Yeah. Underrated hotties. It's true. Yeah. They're on my NBA all all hotties team. Okay. You know what? We're going to have to have an off-season episode where we do our all NBA hotties team. I'm fucking ready. We got to bring my friend Kelsey on. We got to bring my friend Bernita on. And the four <laughs> of us can have like a... We can all come prepare. I feel like this is the episode that people want. Is us Yeah. I mean, I have a... F- I have a feeling that I won't have anyone in common with anyone else, but I mean, I do love Nick nurse, but I do think I, I, if we have anyone in common, I think that would be super interesting. I'm ready. I have, I'm very specific (laughs) in, in who I think is like, like the, like last night, my friend was like, did a poll of like, who do you think's hotter? Like Devin Booker, uh, Ben Simmons or Blake Griffin. And I was like, Blake Griffin is so so obviously the hottest person on this list of people yeah. like I just I and then everyone was like Ben Simmons is really hot and I was like just because he dated a, a Jenner or a Kardashian or whatever doesn't make him hot he looks like a little baby but anyways that's <laughs> we, we've moved on both from the Sixers of, both, both of them have <laughs> both um Booker and Ben Simmons do have like little these baby, baby faces face, yeah. yeah and that was appealing to me when I was younger but now that I'm of an age I want a more yeah. rugged Blake Griffin kind of face. Yeah. Also, Blake Griffin's thighs alone are he could he could have no face. I don't know. <laughs> he could have no face, just thighs. Just thighs. Um, also, Blake Griffin's really funny. I think that's the other thing I like about him. Yeah, there's a personality bit there that uh, that adds to his hotness. It's true. It's true. It's true. Um, um, I guess what I'm saying is uh, the Nets were actually likable for a moment, and it was confusing. Um, but well, super entertaining like series, uh, like iconic Game Seven to win a Game Seven overtime on the road is just so impressive. And so maybe I shouldn't be too quick to to cut up to you know not be there for the bucks but i'm also like i i mean i'm rooting for the hawks and i have no reason not to pick the bucks i i don't know it's just gut i don't think anyone's gonna have a have a a real prediction on this just based on like stats or something i think everyone's just going with their gut yeah i think it'll be bucks and seven or it'll be hawks and six that that'll be my hot take i i love that I think like, yeah, I mean, I want it to be the Hawks. I'm just not sure either way. Both of these teams have pulled it out in times where you're like, they're done, they're finished, like, and they've pulled it out and you're like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I like, I think it's a, it's a tough one. Um, It's a really tough one. But I think it'll be a fun, I'm ready. I think it'll be a really fun It'll be really fun. This whole playoffs has a real like March Madness kind of feel to mm-hmm. it where everyone's brackets are just on fire and yeah. no one knows what's happening. And we're all really excited. And I've never been happier to be wrong about so many different series. Um, let's move on to the West. Um, we've got Phoenix Suns and the Clippers. I got to say in that Clippers jazz series, I was shocked. I legitimately thought the jazz were going to win this. I, again, the, the mental breakdowns that the Utah jazz had shocking to lose two games without Kawhi Leonard. Without Kawhi? With just Paul George? (laughs) And you have Paul George and Randy Jackson looking like a big two in the NBA. Like, oh my God, that Reggie is... Jackson. You just called him Randy Jackson, which oh is actually Oh my God, funnier. I did. <laughs> I was like, Randy Jackson. I was like, that's oh my a no God, for me, dog. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> I was like, no, that makes sense. But I was like, wait. <laughs> but Reggie Randy Jackson, Jackson. is, is oh extremely God, funny. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. No, anyway, I'm... I don't have any of this written down. So that's, I know, that's me on me. That's on me. Uh, but anyway having those two look like a big two in the NBA, that is just a colossal breakdown on the jazz part. I I just, 
I don't even know. Like I was like Quinn Snyder deserved coach of the year. The Utah jazz had to overcome all this adversity. Yes. Like the Phoenix suns had a really good year, but they also got Chris Paul and you put Chris Paul on anybody's team. They're going to have a better year and make your coach look really good. I have admittedly just not been on board with the suns for obviously way too long. They have proven me wrong time and time again. I thought the Lakers are going to beat them. Although I did predict that would be a tough series. Mm -hmm. I will also say on this show, I did predict whoever would win that series would make it to the finals. Mm -hmm. So that's turning out to look true. Cause I, I don't think the Clippers are going to win this series, but I think what Paul George is doing right now and Reggie Jackson is uh, supremely impressive. It is, but I think you're right. Like, I don't see this for the Clippers. I think like at the end of the day, Chris Paul's coming back, right? He's it's 12, 14 days. God knows they'll probably make him have 8,000 tests. Chris Paul's coming back. You know, he's probably not coming back. Kawhi. Like, I just don't, if he fucked his knee up, which really, really, really sucks. Like, I don't like the Clippers, but like, I got a lot of love for Kawhi. Like, I think every Raptors fan has like a lot of love for for Kawhi Leonard, even though whatever we could be three peating right now, it's not, <laughs> we're over it. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. We won't bring it up anymore after this season, but it's like, man, I got love for Kawhi and I'm sad that he got injured. That's like a real bummer. But I think that like, yeah, I just, don't, I don't think they make it to the finals without him. And I don't think that a Clippers team, a Kawhi Clippers team in the finals is, is, gonna would be fun at all to watch i have no, to admit sorry and it's like yeah i just i paul george i wish that i liked you more you know <laughs> i feel like he should be we should love paul george as a people and it's like there's something about him that's like because it's like Kawhi is so like he's like I, I don't know man like he just doesn't give a shit about the media or like he legitimately doesn't yeah. give a shit. He, he legitimately, legitimately doesn't care. And that is so endearing. You know what I mean? Like, I just love that about Kawhi. Uh, and I just feel like he kind of is like, has such a like weird personality. You'd think that like maybe Paul George would almost like fit in with that. But I'm just like, eh. I'm still like, eh. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a I- basketball player, but like. I feel like I love Kawhi in that in the way that I want to see him healthy on the court, but I also want to see him lose. I want to see him healthy and lose. That is to the extent that I like Kawhi. Well, and that, he's an incredible I, I, player. Yeah, like I want I want you to do well, but I also don't want you to do well. I do you know what I mean? Yep. It's like <laughs> well, it's like I mean, How, we know what a weapon he is when he yeah. is on. Yeah. I mean, I have to say the one really good thing to come out of this is Paul George giving everyone the middle finger. And he needed that. He really, I, no one needed that more, you know, and maybe Ben Simmons will get a redemption season like next year with whoever he ends up with if they trade him. But like Paul George, wow, he needed that and it almost makes you wonder like is Kawhi in his way mm-hmm. like do are, are these two not a good fit for each other mm-hmm. yeah I mean I, I wouldn't mean, go so far as to say you should trade Paul George but clearly he is a better player without Kawhi mm-hmm. I mean we've seen it in three games now um mm-hmm. the last two of the Jazz series and then game one against the Suns he's playing phenomenal basketball right now mm-hmm. great game as well the first of that series that clipper suns game yes, was so fun yeah. so so fun to watch yeah i had a great time yesterday afternoon you know yeah i did too i i mean i can't believe that this team without Kawhi is is playing this well like it's shocking it's it's really impressive yeah i i wonder if you know because prior to all of this there was a lot of talk about the lack of leadership on the Clippers. And I wonder if there's something to that where now that you have Kawhi out, everyone else is having a chance to shine because to me, it's like, okay, this is a team with a lot of talented players on it, but there's clearly a lack of cohesiveness. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where that comes from. 
Well, I think it's interesting, like, again, our the Raptors bias, she cometh out. Yes. But like, I do think it's interesting to think of Kawhi on the Lowry-led Raptors, right? I think the reason so many of us love Kyle Lowry is like, we love Coach Lowry. We yes. love Lowry, like the way he's like, you know, took Fred under his arm, the way he treated Norm, the way like him and DeMar had like a really good vibe with all the younger guys on the team, the way that all the like younger guys speak about him, the way that um, Ken Birch, you know, comes through and is like, yeah, that's the easiest 14 points I've ever made in my fucking career. Like Kyle Lowry Mm. just finds me easy, easy. He's a leader. He's unselfish. He doesn't see himself as the best player on the team, even though he's up there. And I think that like when you're, when teams are missing someone like that, who's like really humble, but who's also like an excellent leader and has the, has the track record of someone who's been successful. Like, you know, I think like even like superstars like Kawhi, like not every superstar is also going to be a good leader is also going to be a good player coach, you know, like, that those things don't go hand in hand necessarily you're not always going to get a chris paul right someone who's an incredible veteran Mm -hmm, who can mm -hmm. play his fucking ass off who can make a huge difference in the game but is also making a big difference off the court you know what i mean and so i think that like there's probably something to be said for like that sort of vacuum space on that clippers team who in there is a veteran with leadership boarding on coaching leadership skills with the ability to rally a team around them like Kawhi doesn't have that that's not his level of charisma he's like I'm just doing I'm just doing me I'm just doing Kawhi does Kawhi have charisma no not in a (laughs) not in a he has charisma in a way that's like it's alarming how charismatic we all find him considering he's not charismatic at all yeah (laughs) you know what I mean yeah I mean that Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think like the Clippers were hoping Rajon Rondo would be that guy mm-hmm. for them. And he absolutely isn't. Um, not that he's a horrible person having your team or anything like that, but he is not on the Chris Paul Calari level of leadership point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something they're still they're still missing. Um, but I think the series will be fun. Like you said, Chris Paul's going to be back. Kawhi isn't. I do think that will be the ultimate difference maker. Um, they did win game one without Chris Paul. Apparently his brother was sitting courtside and Chris Paul was texting his brother to shout things at the team and they could all tell that was coming from Chris. So that's smooth. Uh, I mean, shout out to those connections just to be able to get that courtside seat in time and placed strategically so uh so yeah, he's, he's doing really his thing um, yeah and, and then apparently markeith morris was also there mm-hmm. rooting for his brother so both teams have like these sibling insiders it's cute i love that yeah i um, i love it too i think it'll be fun but i'm picking the suns i at this point i'm picking the suns to win it all me too um, I think that's that's where I'm at. I think what a story. Just been, what been an so incredible impressive. story. Devin Booker, like my God, that kid can play basketball. I mean, we all knew that, but like Jesus Christ, like his his first triple double or yeah, triple double on his very first uh Western Conference yeah. finals, like pretty fucking impressive shit from that kid. Um also like sexy ass Jay Crowder. Like, what's, <laughs> what's going on with him? We we love to see it just love to see him every just like to see him play you know what i mean um yeah they got some like some great players they seem just like a really fun team um yeah i got a lot of i got a lot of love for them right now so yeah they're very likable there's not there's nothing not to like about that phoenix suns team yeah um yeah so kudos to, to paul george happy that he's gotten some redemption happy he's been able to shake off some of this stuff because i do feel like even though i'm not a clippers fan people were just straight up bullying this guy like it wasn't even like a critique on his play anymore it became so much more than that and mm-hmm. like that needed to be shut down and so i'm happy he's shutting that down but because i don't like to see anybody bullied yeah um, it's unnecessary it's completely unnecessary and <laughs> also a lot of these people got a lot of shit to talk when they couldn't fucking 
as my grandfather used to say, like hit a bull in the ass with a handful of beans. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you couldn't fucking hit a basketball if someone like guided you to the net and put it in for you. So like you got a lot of spicy shit to say about certain basketball players. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, like just, you know, just can it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the Phoenix Suns are going to be the 2021 NBA champions. You heard it here first, ladies. <laughs> who would? <laughs> who knew? Uh, hardly anyone predicted it. Actually, Ennis Esmer on this podcast a few weeks ago actually said the Suns were going to win it all before the playoffs even started. And I thought he was crazy. And I laughed at him. And look at us now. Wow. So he should have put money on that. I don't know if he did. But yeah, just absolute madness. Um, I want to move on to the Dallas Mavericks because they have also been in the news a lot this week. And I (laughs) had to do so much more prep for this segment. And I totally forgot because I'm doing a bunch of other jobs on top of this. But essentially, uh, I know him as Haralabob because he used to be on the Bill Simmons podcast a lot. And he is this gambler who made a ton of money in Vegas betting on nba games to the point where mark cuban hired him to be a director for the mavs and essentially started like running the team behind the scenes and telling their gm what to do telling their coach what to do uh they've now fired their gm they have fired their coach i mean to fire rick carlisle i mean he he won a championship with them he's been with them for i think at least 12 years yeah that's what i more yeah yeah and, and it's just like kind of nuts to me because mark cuban like if you've ever watched shark tank like that guy loves technology he loves numbers um i think he thought he could run the whole thing based on analytics alone uh luca it was reported that luca wasn't happy with him but he's still part of the team even though luca's not happy with him which i think is super interesting they fired other people that luca had good relationships with so i was like oh that kind of doesn't make sense um where do you think the mavs are gonna go with all of this okay so uh, correct me if i'm wrong because i'm not a real baseball fan but i did watch that movie with philip seymour hoffman with the oakland a's is that not like what (laughs) he tried to do is like build a team based fully off like math and statistics and it didn't it like kind of worked but then with philip seymour hoffman don't you mean with brad pitt but philip seymour hoffman is also in that movie oh okay well i know that as the brad pitt movie moneyball yeah i love that you call that the philip seymour hoffman uh respect Wow, R.I.P. <laughs> to Philip Seymour Hoffman, one of our greatest actors of all time. I don't even remember like, him in that movie. Bro, and frankly, I forgot Brad Pitt was in it. So anyways. <laughs> I think Brad Pitt actually won an Oscar for that movie. That anyway, sounds, it doesn't that matter. That sounds like it could be right. It doesn't. Um, <laughs> it's been like 10 years since I watched that movie. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, I think that's like boring. I hate Mark Cuban. He sucks. Um, I like Luca. I think Luca's such a sort of like interesting kid. I I want the best for him. I wish he didn't have to play with um that guy that I hate. Um, yeah, Porzingis. Yeah, fuck. I just I see. I knew you were talking about Porzingis. You just said that guy that I hate. Everyone hates Porzingis. I yeah. mean, at this point, I don't even know a team that would want Porzingis. I mean. Mark Cuban's love for Europeans needs to be documented. Like, it's just weird at this point. Feels racial. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it does. It does. It's just weird. 20 years? 20 years is just a long time in the NBA to have European player-dominated teams. I just... 20 years is just a long time not that Dirk isn't great not that Luca isn't great but like damn buddy but anyway I mean poor Joker as well (laughs) (laughs) Jokic sorry I'm being I'm being one of those dick announcers and pronouncing it no 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 it's fine fine. Um, um but I just think like I what the thing that this story is like the thing that I find the most bizarre about it is that they fired the people that Luca has good relationships with. Yeah, right? Like, I that didn't make sense to me either. Like, I, I don't follow the maps too closely. Like, I do 
really hate Mark Cuban. So I'm kind of like, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I was like, obviously like watching like sports center and said NBA, whatever. I'm like, what is happening over here? And it's like so interesting. I didn't really understand the background of him hiring this guy that was like a gambling sort of dude that's fascinating first of all and second of all I think that that's that's like not the vibes are off with that that as a way of building a team the vibes are not there and then to have your player that's actually good like your extremely good player uh Luca and like do everything to piss him off like I'm not I'm just not sure what the strategy is there No, I don't know either. And I just, I look forward to seeing like what this team does. And it's so funny because there's like a lot of coaching vacancies right now. And there's been a lot of talk about like a team finally hiring uh, the first head coach, like female head coach in the NBA. Mm -hmm. It's definitely not going to be the Mavericks. (laughs) And despite their name literally being Mavericks, like they will not, they will not be the team that does that. Well, what I don't want is for some fucking janky ass team to hire a woman, set her up for failure and then fire her after one year of not being able to get it done in the way that they expect. Right. Because like, I, I just feel like that's like a really bad setup for continuing to have like women head coaches in the NBA. Um, and so I really hope that that, I mean, God knows there probably won't be, but I hope there's some thoughtfulness when that when that time comes and and a woman just isn't set up to fail because that yeah. would be really shitty i also feel like i feel more confident in, in this current social climate because i feel like there would be a lot of backlash if that happened mm-hmm. where i think if this happened 10 years ago um people would kind of resign themselves mm-hmm. to the idea that oh it didn't work out mm-hmm where now I think people would fight more like the fan base in general, or at least a large segment of the fan base would fight more and be like, this wasn't right. And you need to make this right. And this can't be the only woman that's hired in a head coaching position for the next several years because this team is a fuck up. So I don't think that's going to happen. But I just think it's so funny that there's all this talk and there's all these possibilities now this year. And I actually feel like this year could be the year and that in no way do I think it will be the Mavericks like at all. Um, I would, a part of me, it would be so, oh, hello. We have a little cat appearance here on the Zoom. I love it. Uh, I think it would be so fascinating if they ruined it with Luca. And to me, this goes back to the whole Trey Young thing because I love that their two careers are in parallel because Mm -hmm. of that trade, probably Mm -hmm. until the very end of their careers. And Mm -hmm. I like watching them and I like kind of comparing the two. And I have always been of the mind that I think it was a good trade, even Mm -hmm. though you would say Luca is a better player, but I think Trey Young is a better fit for Atlanta Mm -hmm. and for that city and for that fan base. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know, like if Luca doesn't stay in Dallas, that is such a devastating blow. And that also ultimately makes it a good trade. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for sure. Um, Again, I, I, I like both Luca and Trey Young and, and I want what's best for both of them. And I think that like, too. yeah, if Luca has to, has to go play for a, a different team, then that's, that's what happens. Cause I just like, yeah, it seems a little bit crazy to not try to keep the guy that like does the most for you on the court. I'm happy. just like, why aren't you firing the gambler? Like there are other people who understand advanced analytics there are yeah. other data people that it's you can just, hire. Like that, that's the thing that doesn't make this is not a this is not a no one to hold them, no one to fold them kind of situation. <laughs> like you could have just hired Kenny Rogers for that. So we do not need what's his face from the Bill Simmons podcast. <laughs> like you kept the gambler? You kept the gambler over Rick Carlisle and Donnie Nelson. Like you kept the gambler anyway fascinating stuff um i'm not gonna get into like who i think should be coach of what team because we'll see how that unfolds and you know i'll talk i'll talk about it as people are hired 
Um, lastly, we're just going to wrap this up with a Nick with our hot girl summer Nick nurse highlight of the week. Now, as we know, this segment has just been in and out of retirement, like share just all year <laughs> round, just like there have not been a lot of now the hot girl moment is just any public appearance at all. Like the standards for what is a hot girl moment for Nick nurse have declined. But he did make an appearance this week with Team Canada, full beard, happy to see it back. Uh, I love the beard. I don't love the like goatee situation that he often does where like the sides are shaped. I don't know. I don't know what my men's hair, facial hair things are called. That is a goatee. That's not my favorite look. I prefer full beard or no beard. Mm -hmm. So I was happy to see the full beard back. And he was smiley. He is happy. Team Canada seems like it's in a really uh, good place right now, despite some pretty significant injuries mm-hmm. and some significant names not being able to be a part of it. So that was really nice to see. Yeah. Yeah, he looks hot. I will agree with you. I like the full beard. Not a goatee yeah. person. Um, I'm basically like, we're still having the Olympics. That seems crazy to me, but go off, I guess. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> I know. Well, I apparently I read that if they don't do it this year, they won't be able to have it at all. So it's not like they could postpone the Summer Olympics to 2022. I don't know why that is, but there was some sort of rule or some sort of thing that if they don't do it this year, they will lose it entirely. And so I'm like, okay, I could understand like from that country, well, for Japan's perspective that like you've put so much money into this thing, like you Mm got to you got to try and make any of it back. Yeah. And so I don't know what the vaccination rates are like in Japan. I mean, I hope they're high, hope they're higher than Canada's, but uh, they're not. <laughs> Sorry. Good, it's not good. Good. Luck, good luck to them. I hope no, I hope no one gets sick. I hope everyone's well. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm excited to watch. I will watch the Olympics. Um, I think it'll be weird, but I've been watching sports this whole time. So I definitely Mm -hmm. will watch the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think like, I'll definitely watch what I usually watch, which is like synchronized swimming and basketball and gymnastics. (laughs) (laughs) I just like the ones that I'm interested in. (laughs) I love synchronized swimming. I love, I love a lot of Olympic sports, actually, even like the very obscure ones, because to me, it's just like, you dedicated your whole life to like shock put like that is so wild to me I saw someone tweet the other day they were like I still say that before every Olympic game you should let a normal person do it and then we'll know for sure how good the Olympic athletes are at shit that like we don't watch ever you know what I mean yes yes because we don't know how much that takes yeah 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 like show a normal person doing shot put I would like to see it yeah and then show me the people who are professionals yeah also uh, a friend of mine uh ruth tweeted that uh she want she's in her you know she's like us like in her 30s like wanting to start becoming an olympian and is it too late to become a curler and no, i don't think it been, is that's actually been my long-term plan <laughs> if i start curling now yeah what am i 55 in the olympics that's normal i'm curling yeah it's never too late you can ruth, still call- be an athlete let's do this <laughs> uh that has been our episode lauren thank you so so much for joining me again uh i always love talking basketball with you uh where can we find you on the internet you can find me on twitter at internet lauren just tweeting my basketball thoughts into the abyss tweeting random other (laughs) things into the abyss as well but it is a lot of basketball right now so yeah yeah, that's basically where i'm at online you don't need to look anywhere else um (laughs) uh yeah internet lauren on twitter let's talk about basketball uh absolutely love it shout out to randy jackson It's a yes from me, dog. Being it's on a this yes podcast, from me, dog. Uh- <laughs> being on this podcast, listening to this podcast, it's a yes from me, dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you.
hold my clutch, hey, cause I'm about to stir shit up. No time for breakdowns, only shakedowns. You could roll with us 